Welcome to Get It Done Entrepreneurs, where we talk with founders of companies who bet on themselves and won. My name is Rich Lebrun, and I am the founder and CEO of Lebrun Advisory Group. You can find us at rlebrun.com. Our mission is to help our clients build wealth through business ownership. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to Get It Done Entrepreneurs Podcast. My name is Rich LeBron and I'm going to be your host today. We will be covering a wide range of topics from founders who started their own company, who bet on themselves and have won. No matter the topic, you'll be hearing real stories from real people. With that said, let's jump into the program. Our special guest today is Sheila Klafkorn, founder and CEO of KEO Marketing, which you can find at keomarketing.com. Sheila is a CEO, president, and founder of KEO Marketing, a full-service B2B marketing agency. Sheila started the company in year 2000 and has over 25 years of proven and award-winning business and marketing experience. She's a trusted fractional CMO, which I'll use, you can explain to me here in a minute, Sheila, uh, supported by an agency that specializes in marketing strategy and messaging, digital infrastructure, execution, analytics. Sheila and KEO Marketing substantially grows Fortune 1000 companies and mid-sized market businesses. She was named one of the top 10 business leaders of the year. She's in the top 25 dynamic women in business by the Phoenix Business Journal. One of 15 Arizonians to be watched by the Arizona Republic and a top 100 marketing and advertising leader by Marson. Sheila is a past president of the Phoenix chapters of the Business Marketing Association and the American Marketing Association. She is a frequent national and local speaker on a wide range of marketing diversity and business topics. Sheila lives in Phoenix with her partner and two kids. And uh, Sheila, I've been looking forward to this conversation. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Rich. That was quite an introduction. I sure appreciate it. I had a condenser. You had a lot going on in your life. (laughs) Well, Sheila, as we talked before the program started, our listeners really want to know, uh, taking yourself back, I think it was 23 years, you said, uh, when you decided to start your own business, we'd love to hear that story. What what was happening 23 years ago? What was your thought process that you were wrestling with? And what was the tipping point uh, to go into business? But before you start that, why don't you tell the folks and our listeners what your business is, again, in your terms? Sure. So I'm the founder of KEO Marketing We are a business-to-business marketing agency, again, based in Phoenix, but we have clients all over the country and all over the world. We help companies who sell to other companies, so B2B companies, fill their sales pipelines with highly qualified leads. And we do that through inbound and outbound marketing um, and really standout marketing strategy. Well, I don't know too many businesses that couldn't use your service. <laughs> We're all looking for good qualified leads. So. Sure. All right. Well, take us back 23 years, a little bit the time machine here. Take us back to when you had that decision to start your own company. Sure. So uh, around 2000, if you think back to the economy, then the world was going through what we called the dot-com bubble burst. Yeah. Uh, at the time, I was working for a big 
global youth marketing agency in New York City. And I was living in Phoenix, commuting back and forth two or three weeks a month. Um, and this was before email and the internet. So being a remote worker uh, at that time was a challenge. Um, there was a little bit of something called the internet and AOL, but it wasn't anything like it is today. So it was hard work uh, going back and forth. I loved building that company. I was the fifth employee and it became a hundred million dollar uh, marketing agency. And it, it helped um, advertisers connect with young people. So college students, high school students, those kinds of things. And it was primarily a business to consumer agency. We grew it over those eight years that I was with the company to $100 million, and I learned a ton. I was in my 20s. I learned so much about marketing from some of the best people in the world. And then we sold it. Uh, and when you sell a company, you often can go with the acquiring company or you can go on your own. If I had gone with the acquiring company, I would have had to move to New York permanently. And my partner and our daughter were, were not very excited about that. So I decided that I needed to qu quit cold turkey without another job and decide what to do with my life. And I felt a lot of pressure because I had a family to support. So I uh, put my resume out there as a consultant, as a fractional chief marketing officer, because I had run marketing for this big agency and held, helped so many companies go to market, I was pretty confident that I could be a part-time head of marketing, but I didn't want to go full-time into a company. Can I ask you a real quick, so, what, is, what is a fractional marketing person? What is sure. So it's a part-time marketing, head of marketing. Okay. So you, many people have thought about hiring a fractional or part-time CFO, for example. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work full-time, but helps you uh, with your financial strategy, your taxes, your uh, bookkeeping, all of those things. Mm -hmm. A fractional CMO or chief marketing officer it works the same way, except that they help with your marketing. And okay. 23 years ago, that was pretty uncommon. But I was successful in getting a few gigs and then I got panicked, like so many people starting their own business do. Mm -hmm. I got panicked. Am I going to make enough money? I wasn't making nearly the six figures that I had been making uh, in that prior agency. And I hired a, a company to help me find my dream job. And they did a fantastic job. In fact, just a month after I hired them, they called me and said, we think we have your dream job, Sheila. So I this drove down there. Job I, back in corporate America. Right, right. Okay. Um, right. And, and what was cool about it was they actually had a CEO job for me, not a CMO job. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, you know, this is pretty amazing that I could have that job. So I drove down to their office and I sat in the car and I just kept thinking, do I want this CEO job, or do I want to keep doing what I'm doing, have the freedom that I have to control my schedule for a change, because I hadn't had any freedom or control of my schedule in the prior eight years, and I cried. And I really knew that I had to make a split section, second decision that would change my life. Sure. And so I grabbed all my stuff, I went upstairs, and I thanked them for offering me 
and doing all this work to find me my dream job, but that I, in fact, was going to decline even the interview and that I was going to start my own agency. Um, wow. It was really scary at the time because I wasn't making the kind of money that I wanted to make, mm. but I knew that I could make an effort doing this. And once I close those doors, they say, you know, when you really shut off any opportunities, if you burn the boat, so to speak, and you can't yeah. get off the island, then you're forced to do the thing that you're doing. And 23 years later, uh, we've gone into a full service global uh, B2B marketing agency, really successful, doing great things for companies all over the country. And I, I really have my dream life in a way that I don't think I would have if I had taken that job. Isn't that something? I, I love to hear those stories because more often than not, it's, it's similar to that. Uh, and, you know, that nerve wracking period of time in the beginning. But when you're all in, when you decide to go on, there's all in, there's something about that. You mm -hmm. know, if you had the door cracked open or window left open or one foot out the door, any analogy you want to use, it's not the same. But when you close that door and you're all in, it's like, okay. A lot of people ask me, you know, would you do it again? Yeah. Had it to do over. And I probably wouldn't because I know how hard it was. I know how much I had to learn, how much I had to learn about running a business because I had run marketing. That part's the easy part. Mm -hmm. But actually running a business is the hard part. Hiring people, growing a company, making sure you have revenue, not just for your own family, which was what I started out being concerned about, but making sure that we have revenue to take care of, in, in our case, 29 people. Um, and their families, that that's a bigger level of responsibility. But it's been a wonderful journey, and I'm really grateful I did it. Sure, sure. Well, I'm going to ask you a question. Looking back, what would you do different, if anything? I know you said maybe you wouldn't have done it at all, but is there another decision you would say, okay, I would have done this differently as well? I think if I have any regrets, they're around just my leadership. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, being a leader in the 1980s and 90s is really different than what you need to be as a leader in the 2000s. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we were all used to very directive, um, almost abrasive types of leadership. And I started out my career being more that way. And over time, I've had to evolve it because if you have any millennials or Gen Zers in your company today, you know that that doesn't work very well. And so mm -hmm. I've become a much more compassionate coach as a leader than I ever was before. And, and it's had uh, great results, not only for my own uh, team, but also just for my life. I just I like being the person that I am now a lot more than what I was at the beginning of my career. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a franchise consultant. I help people buy businesses. So I always say, on, you know, on Friday, you buy the business. On Monday, you're the CEO. And now you get to make it what you want, to, want it to be. And uh so yeah, as, really as, important. as employees always say, if I were the boss, I would do this. Well, you are the boss now. So you get to do that, whatever that is. And you can make a nice life for yourself and stand for something in this world. So I get it. Yeah. And if you're a person who likes to be in that hot seat, like once you become a CEO, you don't have anybody to ask about lots of things. I mean, you can hire consultants and you can talk to colleagues, but there isn't a boss to go to if you're not sure what to do. And so if you're the kind of person who thrives in that environment, which I am, like I just love to dig in and figure it out, then you're going to have a great journey because you're going to learn a lot. And growing is one of my primary things that I love. And so it's given me a huge opportunity to grow. It's given me freedom to travel the world. It's given me freedom to make a huge difference for my family and our community. Um, so for me, it was the best decision. 
Well, I want to jump into that. You said about growing. So every good CEO, you know, usually is a learned person or wants to be a learned. What are you doing? Do you have mentors? Do you do readings? Do you attend conferences? What do you do? Because it's the old saying, it's lonely at the top, right? right. Uh, what keeps you on course? What, what keeps you focused and motivated and stimulated and all those type of things you need to be as a CEO? Well, early on in probably the first five or eight years, I just read a lot. I tried to learn. I didn't have a lot of money in the business at that time. So I tried to teach myself and we didn't have all these podcasts and everything at that point. Um, but I, I, I read, you know, nascent websites at that time. I talked to some colleagues. I joined my local chambers and those were really helpful. Mm -hmm. But later in my career, you know, when I was getting towards 10 years in business, I started to hire a business coach for longer stints, usually around three years, I would have a business coach. And that person I would meet with either weekly or biweekly who could coach me on the various aspects of having a business. I don't have a business degree. I have a, a degree in political science with an emphasis in the Soviet Union, which isn't very handy, although it's becoming more handy, I guess. Uh, it's now it your, today, last, most of the you, last 30 years. You're in high demand right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I didn't, I didn't know how to run a business and for anybody who thinks they can't run a business because they don't have a business degree, it's absolutely false. But what I have done, instead of paying for a second master's degree all at once, I've paid for it over the years by hiring business coaches who could help me in all the aspects of running a business, you know, finance, accounting, um, sales, because I was really good at marketing, but not as effective at sales in the beginning those kinds of things. And it's been really, really helpful. I love that attitude. I always believe that, you know, we're, we're forever learning. And as I, as I tell my spouse that, uh, you know, as I'm doing things, I'm actually taking college courses live. <laughs> so some of it's a trial and error. Some of it's just learning from other people who've done things. But we have today we have so much information at our fingertips. There's no reason not to tap into that. And so many mm -hmm. people are willing to share one of the reasons I love doing the podcast, I get a chance to meet people yeah. like yourself and we get to share best practices. Uh, can you think of a key decision that maybe it really made an impact in your business, maybe a, a positive impact in your business? So I went to a Tony Robbins event one time. Did you walk uh, across the many fire? Years ago, the probably 15 years ago. And he had a, a program called Business Mastery. Because again, I was trying to learn about business because I didn't have a business degree. Mm -hmm. And at the time, my marketing agency mostly did projects. So we'd build a website or we would do an, a three-month engagement for search engine optimization or something like that. And it was really hard because I was one person selling and I had to sell more all the time in order to keep our revenue up. Mm -hmm. And he, I learned this really basic thing. If you can switch your business model from being project oriented, if you're a service business, to being a retainer business, then you can predict your revenue moving forward. And it, it is crazy how simple that is and how much of an impact it made on me. We doubled the revenue of the business in 10 months when we switched our clients from being project clients to being retainer clients. And a lot of people say to me, wasn't that scary? You know, weren't there some that wouldn't move to being on retainer? And yes, I did lose some that wouldn't be on retainer, 
But guess what? It helped me refine my whole message, my whole go-to-market strategy so that we do more for folks up front to make sure they're a good partner. But many of those clients that joined us at that time or, or switched to retainer at that time are still our clients today, 12 and 15 years later, where we develop a system for them that generates leads, that fills their sales pipeline month in and month out. And it's transformed their companies and it's transformed mine because now we have recurring revenue every month that we can count on and that I can hire great people with. It was hard to staff a company when we were doing projects. Great advice. And, and for the client as well, they get to manage their expense side of their business. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I would have thought your business would have been project oriented. And uh, we're seeing a lot of businesses in the franchise world going to membership models because of they, they like that flatline reoccurring revenue. Mm -hmm. um, you are a great, great decision. Um, let me ask you a question. Today, headwinds. I mean, you you started in the dot com era. I remember that era. Okay, it was a, it was a fun and not fun era all at the same time. Yeah, um, going through it, it started a re recession in two thousand one. It was very similar to what's happening today. Yeah, and so, and I made that decision at that time. So anybody who thinks they can't start a business in a down economy, I would beg to differ. It's one of the very best times to do it as long as you do something that provides real value to people. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So let's talk about that. So you've been through the 2000 recession, been through 2008. Here we are in 2022. A few more variables to this dynamics that's going on in our world today with a war mm -hmm. pending and inflation and labor and, you know, you know, interest rates going up, a lot of different things. A lot of people get concerned. A lot of people get scared. A lot of CEOs uh, re retract. Um, and some grow. So how are you navigating this uh, nuances of today's world? Well, I'm a big fan of the dig in and down times kind of thing. So we have actually never had a down year during a recession. We had a down year one year after my mom died and I wasn't in such a great mindset. Uh, but we've never had a down year because of external market conditions. And that's because I really believe that you have to shift how you add value during a recession. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example. So let's just take COVID. We've all just been through a down period because of, of COVID. Yeah, so absolutely. we took a company that provides uh, national uh, business cleaning services. Mm -hmm. And most of their customers, their clients were educational institutions and literally within 30 days, they lost half of their business because schools closed during COVID. So mm -hmm. really quickly in uh, between 45 and 60 days, we repositioned uh, the company uh, to take advantage of the transportation and logistics business. So we up the, we worked with them operationally to up date how they handled safety and sanitation and it became a much bigger part of their marketing we launched a whole new website we launched new messaging we had training for salespeople, all of these things and really quickly within about two months they were up to the same revenue that they had been prior to losing all those education clients and then two years later 
they've added all of that new revenue with transportation and logistics, and they got their schools back. And so they are now double the size that they were pre-COVID. And that's an example of when you just dig in, you figure out what's going to deliver more value, differentiate yourself and your company, and you can actually do better because so many of your competitors are probably falling off in a down economy. Well, it's interesting. I would say the CEOs of businesses, you know, during COVID were somewhat lost. And I talked to a lot of people in the coaching business that their business really exploded because these CEOs are kind of wandering in this desert. Uh, and then I'm looking to my marketing department going, Sheila, <laughs> help me. <laughs> and you didn't experience COVID either. So you would have had some ability to pivot and see uh, some light in some of these dark tunnels, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it's just important to be aware of your business, that however your business today is today is not how your business is going to be three months from now. There'll be a new competitor or you'll have staffing challenges that you didn't think you were going to have. Something is always going to happen in your business. It's kind of like having kids, like they're not always going to do the thing that you thought that they were going to do. But if you're aware and you're constantly preparing for the thing that you hadn't planned for and you're able to pivot, and that's an overword used word coming uh, where we are with COVID and that kind of thing. But if you're able to be aware and to pivot to opportunities, you're going to be successful. And the most important part of that that I've learned is just about having an abundant mindset. Mm. So whenever I get afraid or have gotten afraid in this business, we haven't done as well. It means I don't show up as excited, as uh, passionate with my team as I did before. When I do show up in a great mindset, when I think we're going to kill it, we're going to do great no matter what, my team always does better. So I've learned that 80% of the success in business is your mindset. And getting better at that has been the most important thing that I have learned in the entire time that I've had this business. Okay, let's freeze that frame. Mindset, you wake up in the morning, I wake up in the morning, the world's still crazy still all this you know darkness in the world and you're trying to find light all right what's do you have some disciplines you do some things you read i mean if you would you mind sharing with the listeners how do you because you're the ceo you got to get yourself at that high level to go in and lead your people yeah so i don't have you know every leader every coach out there has a whole like seven steps process that they use in the morning that involves meditation and um, exercise and all kinds of stuff. I don't have that. Okay. <laughs> I have a, a system where I prepare at night before I go to bed to be in a good mindset. So if I do any meditation, it's more around, uh, you know, it always works out. It's always going to work out. This is just one more thing. And tomorrow's an exciting day to chant, to tackle this challenge. So that's what I do before I go to bed. Cause it helps me sleep. Otherwise I stay up worrying. And then when I get up, I, I get up, I get moving really quickly and I get into the office early. So I usually start calls with our international clients around 6am. Okay. Um, and then I do that. And then I make time for myself in the evening after work. So my life just tends to be around the time zones that our clients work. And it works for me because I'm an early morning person. Perfect. Uh, let me ask you one thing about the economy. What, no, the number one pain in everybody across the, our country and around the world is labor. Okay. Uh, 
how are you how are you addressing that specific item in business today? Yeah. Well, you know, oddly enough, before COVID, I was having trouble finding all of the great talent that I needed. And what COVID did was put everything into remote work. And we were mostly remote work anyway. Mm -hmm. We've had a team in India for quite some time. We have people spread out all over the country. And what it's done during COVID is it's enabled me to hire more people in other states that I wouldn't probably have hired because I would have wanted at least core team members. I would have wanted them to be here. And so now we have a much more diverse workforce. We're spread out across the country, which helps our clients who are in different time zones. So the only thing I really needed to do to get the talent I needed was to be more open about where I got them from. And I hear that from a lot of companies, you know, I needed to be more open to accept people that didn't have college degrees, or I needed to be more open about, you know, having new moms come into my business because they hadn't been in the workforce for a while. So all these preconceived notions about yeah. what would make somebody not qualified, you know, you sort of throw those out the window and suddenly you have a lot more people to choose from and some amazing people. I have the most amazing team doing incredible work, generating big results for global companies and we're spread out and it works great. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. Specifically our listeners, if they wanted to utilize your service, what type of customers are you looking for? What's, what's some of your uh, description of who that would be your avatar, I guess would be the term today. Sure. Well, thank you, Rich, for asking. So we specialize in helping companies who are between five and $50 million scale faster. So typically a company who is in that range, or maybe even a little bit smaller, let's say you're a two or $3 million company, you don't have enough money to hire senior level marketing talent in-house. Mm -hmm. But yet you're competing with much bigger companies who can afford to have a 14, 15, 50 person in-house marketing team. So what we offer is a fractional model where you can have me as a part-time head of marketing, VP of marketing or CMO, what's called a fractional CMO. And you can get the support of senior level specialists in marketing to drive the campaigns. And what so many of our clients who have engaged with us on this love it is that it, it helps a company avoid building out a senior level marketing team. So that saves money. It mm -hmm. helps you avoid hiring generalists that fit your budget, but don't have the specialized needs or specialized experience that your company needs. And most importantly for the CEO, it helps you avoid having to manage marketing yourself. So for so many companies, they hire an agency, but that they still have to be the head of marketing to take whatever the agency does back to their head of product or their head of sales and those kinds of things. So the fractional CMO plus agency model that I'm not aware of anybody else having as an agency mm -hmm. has been really successful because I sit on the executive team of the client and my team serves as the outsourced marketing department. So we can typically get up to scale much, much faster than hiring a team and having to train them and all of that. And then we can get better results because we are doing this day in and day out and we're really good at it. That's great. That's great. I hope our listeners are paying attention because it sounds like definitely a nice niche for you. Uh, for, if you're a company within that five to $50 million range. Uh, great. With that in mind, two things. What would you like to tell our listeners 
I remember there's the, there's a CEO who's saying, I geez, I should should I add additional income streams? And there's that person who's working for corporate America who's going, should I get in or should I get out? Uh, what advice would you uh, summarize for them? Sure. For for the CEO with a company um, in that range, or really a CEO of any business, uh, think about your mindset. How do you show up every day with a positive, abundant, proactive, problem-solving mindset? Your team will really thank you for it. And I know you know this because every leadership person out there talks about mindset. Um, the second thing for a CEO is just to think about where in my business are we dragging and where could we think about having success by having part-time people help us, whether that's in your accounting and finance or in your marketing or in uh, any aspect of your business. So fractional is here to stay and it can be really valuable. Okay. For those people who are thinking about starting their own business, I would encourage you to think about whether you are so passionate about something that you would want to do that even if people told you not to do it, even if people, if your family gave you a hard time about it, that you would still do. Because that's the amount of tenacity that it takes to build and grow a business and be successful. So if, if you're the kind of person who really wants freedom or really wants your own quality of life and you're willing to push for that no matter what, then it's going to be the right thing for you because you're going to figure it out along the way. Great advice. Great advice. I think Michael Jordan already said, I'm going to play basketball whether I play for the Bulls or play or not, but I'm playing basketball. Uh, yeah, great advice. Exactly. Thank, thanks for sh showing that. Okay. As we uh, close out, I want to give our listeners a, a chance to get a hold of you and contact with you. So what would be the best way to do that if they wanted to learn more about you or, get, or talk with you in person? Well, Rich, thanks for having me on the podcast. It's been a real pleasure. I think the world of what you do, and for those of you who follow Rich, you have definitely chosen somebody who is important and is bringing you valuable information every week. In order to contact me, it's really easy. You can just go to keomarketing.com. If you're interested in the fractional CMO program, uh, just go to services and scroll down to fractional CMO. If you're interested in being on my podcast, uh, which is the CEO and Founder Magic podcast, uh, you can find us on any podcast outlet there as well. Uh, just love having these conversations. And thank you, Rich, so much for inviting me to be a part of yours. Well, it's been such a joy. I'm always grateful for people like yourself, the CEOs who take time out of their busy day to share information for the benefit of others. So thank you for what you do. And thank you for your time today. Rich LeBrun here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Get It Done Entrepreneurs. If you're a successful business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit us at rlebrun.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form and we will reach out to you. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know of someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag GetItDoneEntrepreneur. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. 
We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, rlebrun.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.